You're listening to the FUVFC Podcast on WFUVSports.org. Hello, everybody. Welcome to FUVFC. We're talking soccer in the Bronx here. Christian Hoven, along with Rich Franco in studio, joined by Mir Gori on the phone. How you fellas doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. It's been a while, so I'm glad to be back on the pod. But, you know, obviously of all the weeks to be on, this is not the one to be on. <laughs> in, in in some way, it is it is the one to be on. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I felt like we, we both kind of had a little bit of a hiatus here from the pod, so it's good to be back. I'm home now. I'm home. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you both back, and we will get to what Mir is alluding to for his displeasure at Italy missing the World Cup. But first things first. Pleasure? You mean pain? Yeah, well, you know what? Synonyms, you know, who cares? Um, So we're going to start, however, with Mir's favorite subject, the MLS, Major League Soccer. Um, we're in the playoffs here, and both New York City teams are officially eliminated. New York teams. New York teams. New York teams. Yes. What did I say? You said New York City. There's one New York City, and then and there's one that plays over in, in Jersey. In Jersey. Yeah. So the New York team and the New Jersey team have both been eliminated. Um, New York City FC, who, of course, plays in the city, and New York Red Bulls, who play in Harrison, New Jersey. Harrison, New Jersey. Yes. They've both been eliminated. Um, unsurprisingly, uh, Red Bulls being eliminated. Maybe a little bit surprising on NYCFC um, being a better team than Columbus, but Columbus seems to be playing like a team of destiny right now. They, they just have this like type of fight to them, and, and I think it, it, it kind of stems from the whole save the crew type of movement. You know, obviously, uh, their owner, his name is slipping away from me right now, but he talked about m- possibly moving the team away from Columbus and, taking, Austin, yeah. And, yeah, and taking soccer out of Columbus, which... Which has a great following there too. It's 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 not like the fans yeah, they don't do, love the crew. They do pretty well attendance wise as, as far as the MLS goes, and the 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 fans have been really really into uh, this playoff run, and it seems to have energized the players. The save our crew thing, um, trying to prove to the ownership that Columbus is a good soccer city and the crew should stay there. So while so this is a disappointment for NYCFC. Obviously, this is the second year in a row they've been. They were the second seed in the Eastern Conference and eliminated uh, in the first round. Um, is it time for Patrick Vieira to go, or do you think uh, we give him another shot next season? Um, I, I, I don't think that it's time for Patrick Vieira to go. I, I, I love Patrick Vieira, personally. As I think do I. He's an excellent manager. And, uh, and I agree with that. He's going to soon be a manager in a top league in Europe. Oh, definitely. And, and these are the types of things, especially for him, that he's starting to learn. It, it's... Where I saw the biggest flaw in Vieira was in the first leg of NYCFC at Columbus when they were, it was, I believe it was 3-1 Columbus. NYCFC just scored, and they got the, they got the away goal. That's all they needed. It, it, it was 3-1 on aggregate. They had the away goal. They can come home, and, and if... A 2 nothing win at home would have given them the... Sent them through. through. Yeah. And, and they got the 2 nothing win at home. Yeah. So... It was that last ditch, like kind of just all right. Let's just keep attacking, and I mean the the crew at midfielder just just dribbled past six NYCFC defenders, just one throwing their bodies everywhere to try and stop that ball, and there was no chance for yeah. uh, Sean Johnson to stop that. Yeah, and 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 one of the things that you can kind of chalk that up to is the the unique environment of an MLS playoff, um, a two leg two leg round, and it's it's. I mean, European players, I mean, 
Vieira played in Europe for how many years? 15 years. European players aren't used to a playoff system. Right. So maybe it's just him just instinctively going, all right, we're down 3-0. We got a goal. We got to go we all out keep to pushing. try to keep pushing. Well, well, guys, I would say that, I mean, the European system allows for the second leg, right? Say if you're in a in a tournament like the FA or the Champions League. So yeah, that's way, true. I feel like he can relate. But he played for Arsenal, so... <laughs> So he's only used to winning because <laughs> he played in the era when they were great. Yeah, that, that, I think he was part of the Invincibles team. Exactly, I, he was so, one of the critical pieces. So yeah. he knows about winning. Yeah, so he does. So so NYCFC out. Um, Vieira, I think, should stay. I think um, New York City being such a young team, um, both in terms of their franchise and their actual players, and the reliance on v- on David Villa to create offense has been a problem for them. But it's something that I think they'll come around to as David Villa gets older and less reliable. I I think that's their biggest and, issue that they need to address. And as coming. Jack Harrison matures, exactly. Yeah, and and I I think it was David Villa had about sixty percent of NYCFC's goals, and yeah, and Jack think, Harrison hadn't scored for a, a couple of months. And yeah. the same thing with with Maxi Morales. Like these are the guys you need to produce that you need for your team to produce. You need them to score. You, you David Villa can't score all your goals. Yeah, he. Which I, mean, I mean, which he seems to he, do. Yeah, he's he's been an incredible player since he's been in MLS. But you can't be reliant on one player unless they're Messi or Messi Cristiano or Ronaldo. Ronaldo. So, so, I think the critical thing to understand, though, going forward for for NYCFC is. There are players or coaches or managers who are not just there because they're great or they're effective, but also because they, they're culture setters. And I think V is a guy that NYCFC is going to have to do everything possible to keep him there for as long as possible after this year because you got to imagine he's getting tired of people relying on him too much, you know, and not seeing his team progressing because of the, the I guess, for lack of better words, the a you know lack of quality around him, but I think also Vieira has been fantastic for FC because they have he's brought in a culture you know and he's a winner and he knows what a winning culture is he knows what a winning locker room is and I think you know Lampard leaving was a little bit of a problem for the culture going forward because Pizzo was not as great as I would have hoped and anybody would have hoped for the squad. But I think Vieta has been a steadying force, and I think for that reason alone, he should be back next year. Yeah, I, I do agree with um, Vieira and Via being proven winners in Europe is a great thing um, for the young players in NYCFC and all around MLS. Just and, the, the attitude that those guys bring to NYCFC is and very on, important. On top of that, like what Mir just said, uh, it's going to be huge to see what NYCFC do with that with that new designated player spot that they right. now have open with the with the uh, retirement of Andre Pirlo. So, I think NYCFC will go out and address and bring in the Jack issue. Wilshire. They'll, maybe that's a possibility. Well, you never he, know. Right? Yeah, he says exactly. he wants to play in La Liga. He's no, not good enough for La Liga. Christian, Christian's totally right. I mean, there are players that 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 designated spot opens up, and in New York City is it's a it's a prime destination for any person in the world, um, and and it's a good branding opportunity for any players that are getting old. I know Iniesta wouldn't do something like that, but we're talking about those kind of big names that right. I think FC can convince to come over. Not in yes, obviously, but on that caliber, you know, like right. a, a big brand. They, they need they need a guy to come in and and uh, take some of the scoring load off of David Villa. That that's what they really need. But but also David Villa would be a big selling point because he's had such success in MLS 
and he seems to really be enjoying his time at NYCFC. He really exactly. enjoys the leadership role, and he really enjoys you know being the man on a team again. And that's the kind of you know he can say to some players in Europe who are aging and might be looking for a little bit of a rena- renaissance in the United States. He can say, "Hey, this is a great spot to do that." Exactly, and also European players might be a little nervous and hesitant to play with non-European players, but Villa being there means, hey, I know how to 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 move around on a pitch still well enough in the in a, even if it's in the MLS and, and a smaller pitch a, at NYCFC. Exactly, and I have you know a guy like Villa who's a very respected player and a, in a way a historic player and. Somebody that I know will will know where to pick up my passes, and also will pass it in the way that I want him to. You know, and I think I think that that's very critical. Villa is absolutely fantastic for them, as well as Vieira. Everybody likes Patrice Vieira, so that's a guy you absolutely have to keep because of the recruiting uh, reasons. And he's a he's a decent manager at the very least. All right, so so very quickly before we move off of MLS here, so we've got two semifinals in the playoff. We've got Columbus and Toronto. And we've got Houston and Seattle. Very quickly, each of you, who and why makes it to uh, MLS Cup? Uh, I'm going to say Seattle advances. Uh, Seattle has the has the talent. They have they they've been there before. They won it last year, reigning champs. So I definitely think that they can possibly push over the, the Dynamo. And I want to say possibly Columbus. I mean, they looked really good against NYCFC. And we have to remember, no Giovinco and no Altidore for Game One, which is huge. So and right. So and we'll, I think we'll see what and, happens there. And to that, and to Rich's point, I think Jovinko has been absolutely stellar, just like last year. Maybe not quite to the same level in some ways, but for those reasons alone, I think Columbus advances. And then, you know, of all the teams in the MLS that that I, you know, I've seen, I feel like the the most complete one and the team that would actually be decent in Europe. Would be the uh, would be Seattle. I, I just I really like the culture that they have there. I really like the heart, um, the attitude that they showed against NYCFC was very solid. You know, even though always NYCFC puts an organized line. So you know, I really I really think that those those will be the, the two player two teams going into the final. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Columbus and Seattle. That's who I had as well. All right, so good consensus there. We don't normally good get job, that kind of yeah. That was, that was good teamwork. I think right. it's just that this year, it, 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 those are the kind of the obvious teams. But what's not obvious is which one is going to win. I think it's going to be Seattle, but it'll be close for the final. All right, so we're going to move on uh, to talk about some World Cup qualifiers here. Um, and if you hear some a very loud noise, it's probably mere fainting when I say this sentence. <laughs> for the first time since 1958, Italy has missed qualifying for the World Cup. All right, I'll one-up you on that, Christian. You want to know an interesting fact? Guess where that 1958 World Cup was hosted? Um, Would you know? Uh, because it's an interesting fact, I'm going to guess Russia. No, Sweden. <sighs> Sweet. Oh, yeah. that's really interesting. Wow. Oh, boy. All right, does that, does that hurt a little even? Does that hurt a little more for you? Yeah, and especially also because my thesis is on the Nordic model, you know. So like, <laughs> I actually was was in Sweden this summer for like a weekend, you know, just kind of like doing some research for my thesis. It really hurt. But going on to like just back to the football aspect, um, the problems with the Italian team are not what was on the the field or the pitch, whatever you want to call it. It wasn't even the manager. It's a it's an organizational issue. Um, the, the, what's been going on with just kind of the presidency and the board is just very political. And so they, they, they put the manager that they put out 
because I'm not even going to say his name anymore because he doesn't even deserve it. And they put him out there because he's a yes man, and he did not. So would you would you say would you say it's kind of like the U.S. Soccer Federation's own problems? That that I, that yeah, that's I what it sounds say, like to I me. Say, I, yes, I would say absolutely. Except the fact that Italy failed is even more embarrassing because. Um, because of the fact that, you know, they lost to Sweden and the last one, the last uh, World Cup that they didn't qualify for was in Sweden. But also the fact that, you know, the way they lost was just very sad. The, the legends that will be retiring from this, it, it's all, it adds on to the sadness. And then the fact that there is such a really good young generation right now that I would say is top three, top four in the world right now, um, is just even more damning to the, the fact that Italy failed. And furthermore, you know, is it going to get better? I can tell you right now, I'm not really confident that it will, because right now what Italy's facing is a similar situation that the 2000 uh, German team faced when they lost in the Euros uh, and didn't even, uh, you know, advance after the group stages. But the, the difference between the German team was what they did was they understood that they had a, a, an orga- organizational breakdown and they, they decided to scrap it all and, re- and, and and pivot their whole entire mindset on, on the way German football should be played. Yeah, I, I, think, I think they reinvented top to bottom there. I, 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 they came, yeah, they, they everyone came together afterwards yeah. and just... Like top to bottom, they they said this is what we want to implement. This is our ten year plan, and I think Taylor Twelman on his yeah, rant exactly. after that's, the U.S. Yes, t- yes, lost, that's exactly. Yes, he, that's he, exactly he, it. he went off saying the same exact thing. Is they yeah, but, and, came and, and together with a plan. Know, he would know better than anyone who isn't German because he played in the Bundesliga during the the the, the kind of the beginning phases of, of 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 that new plan. And the thing is, I don't know. I, I, look. Never count off the Italians because the Italians can always shock you. But I, I, I know my culture very well. I know the, the kind of the, the culture of football right now. And there's a problem financially within the country. And there's a problem of just kind of like politics. And I feel for that reason, it's, it's kind of scary, the prospects of what's going to happen in the next World Cup. Um, and, and, and to just further the point, you know, there's such a talented team right now coming up from the, from the Italian youth that it's really a shame for them to miss out. I mean, they have the best goalkeeper of all time when it's all said and done, I think, and Gigi Donnarumma. I mean, the way, he's, the way he's, he's unbelievable. The way he's goalkeeping at 19 is already top 10 in the world. So Is he imagine, 19 now? I, I thought he was yeah, like 16 he, like yeah. last year. Yeah. No, 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 no. He started when he was 15 and then turned 16 at the end of the season. And then, I mean, it's been a long time that he's been a starter. He's, yeah. he's that good. Um, and then we also have from one, from one from one GG to another. Exactly, That's, a, the pass of the the GG torch in in and that the, for the Italians. And the even funnier thing is that we also have a sensational goalkeeper who's also a year younger than Donnarumma, and and he also plays for Milan. His name is Plizardi, and he's so sensational as a kind of sweeper role. So he has kind of like a Neuer movement. And they're thinking, I mean, they're really trying to, like, Milan's working on reinventing kind of the formations of soccer by almost using two goalkeepers. And, and here the, the Italian national team can't even put out a team in the World Cup. I mean, it's really sad. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the management situation is, um, but I, I just, I'm worried about the team and the organization going forward. So my question for you, uh, Mir, very quickly is, um, at the Euros last year, Italy did not have, a very talented uh, squad, but they overperformed 
a lot of yeah. people would say their expectations. So my question is, are you interested in at all in bringing back Conte, who was the architect of that over uh, overperformance, if you will, in the Euros? So I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but the reason why Conte left was not because he didn't he missed the day to day operations of managing for a guy that's so so you know hell bent and and, and and just so geared up for games. He's somebody who needs breaks. But the thing is, the reason why he left was because of the organ, like just the the what's going on in the organization. There's a lot of politics and a lot of laziness and a lot of uh, you know because somebody's a name, they they therefore get a lot of privileges. And what what Conte did was he showed the true Italian spirit, which is never count out the Italians. But the thing is, is that because we have now a talented squad, I feel like that almost allows the the Italian federation to say, well. We don't have to change the system much because we have such a talented team coming up. I don't think somebody like Conte wants to come. And in fact, when they... Well, I, I, uh, to your point, I mean, talent, I, I think uh, Christian Pulisic put out a great Players' Tribune article the other day, and, and he was talking about talent. And, and it's not so much as what type of talent you have. There, People are going to be talented. It, it's It's a matter of... What you do with that talent? Yeah, what, what, exactly. What's your? There's what's a your lot of really talented absolutely. squads that have missed out on this World Cup: the Netherlands, absolutely. Italy, Chile. The Ivory Coast is a very talented squad. The I, United I, States. I think the biggest shock to me was definitely Chile. Yeah. I, was, well, but I think that that was a bit of an unfortunate situation because of the qual- the, the the difficulty of qualifying in South America right now is just insane. And that, in fact, that's that's, that's Conmebol, right? Is that, yeah, Conmebol. Okay. But it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a little. I mean, the the four of the five teams uh, that qualified ahead of Chile, you would expect Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, and Colombia. But and Argentina per- barely scratched by. Argentina barely, barely scratched by. But the one that perplexes me that Chile couldn't outdo was Peru. But I I like this Peru team. Yeah, but are they better? Are they more talented than Chile? I, th- I think Peru no, deserved the- deserved to be in this World Cup one thousand percent. I they, I I'm all I'm on board on two teams for this World Cup. I'm on board with Peru, and I'm on board with. Team Iceland. I'm all. Well, everybody's on board. Iceland. I, I, I love, love the Viking vi- clap. Ah, that Viking clap just it, it gets it speaks to me. I, I just want to I want to like run through a wall yeah. every time I hear that. Viking I clap. I jump out of my seat every time I see the Viking clap and do it with the players. It's so exciting. I love it so much. All right, so moving on from from Italy, um, just a quick touch in on Sweden because Rich over here is yes. dying, dying, dying to talk about Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Who? Who? Yeah, Sweden. Sorry, not Sweden. Yeah, it's Sweden. I, yeah, I forgot what country um, you said. So my my question very quickly is: Should and will Zlatan Ibrahimovic unretire from international soccer to play in the World Cup? I I think he's going to. I, I he can't. I, he he I, as a person, I don't think can pass up that kind of spotlight. I just don't think he'll he, allow himself to he, do it. He's gonna be literally sit there and he's just gonna be like, I, I have to be at the World Cup. I have to go. This is their first World Cup since two thousand six. They they haven't like he ha- during the prime of his career they haven't gone. Well, yeah, and that's kind of my point. I do think Zlatan should unretire. However, I don't think it's going to make Sweden better. Zlatan oh, I don't think it will make it better at all. Yeah, I, I I think Zlatan is the kind of guy who really needs the right pieces around him to be effective at this point in his career. It's very much like when Messi was under the age of twenty, he was very effective because he had legends around him. I mean, when you have Ronaldinho feeding you the ball, yeah, you exactly. Do, and he you do magical <laughs> things. I, mean, I could have not, scored with is, Ronaldinho passing yeah. me the ball. Right. This is not a knock, you know, on either of the players. It's just when when you are such a unique talent and you are either really young or really o- over the hill, 
you kind of need very specific players around you, and Sweden just does not have that. They have very practical players that that you know kind of hold back. They need fire. And, I didn't need and, it. And they, they and need they, the fire. And they, they need and they the work. attitude. Well, and well, they're Swedish, and and then and then they play the you know the the counter game really well. But the thing is, is that. You can't counter with a 35-year-old Zlatan, you know, right. who's He's coming stationary. back from reconstructive knee surgery, you know. All right, so so I've got some some very quick rapid-fire questions here. He about, is also human, though. I want to throw that in. Yeah, there. Zlatan he's, is, he's not, is human. not a human. Um, so I've got I've got some questions real quick. So Ireland, Denmark. Denmark um, just crushed Ireland in Ireland. What was it, 5-1, to one, something like that? Um, Christian Eriksen, hat-trick, just dominated the whole game. Did he, did he finally announce himself as a world-class player? On the international stage, I I th- I think he has been like all all this time. It's just it he's been quiet. Everything's been quiet about Erickson because he's kind of overshadowed by Harry Kane at Tottenham and Deli Ali and and Deli Ali too. It's so I I saw a stat today. I, I can't seem to find it. He has more points than in I I believe I think it was like this the past like season or so than Ozil. David David Silva and and some other midfielder. So, well, that's not very surprising. Ozil is again another player who needs very specific things around him, and 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 Silva's had a lot of injuries. Right, but but the 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 point that I'm, I want to make there is that Christian Eriksen's been consistent. He's been so consistent, and these are these are guys that that make your team better. I mean, Ozil makes your team better. No, Without a doubt, I mean, he, you no, saw what he did. Well, yes, he does. He, he, oh well, well we're not going to get into a mess at Ozil debate. We're not into a mess at Ozil debate, but I definitely think that Christian Eriksen is de- has definitely announced himself on the international stage. It just, it took that. It, he needed the spotlight. Yeah, he needed. He this. needed. To, he needed to be on a team like Denmark, where he is clearly well, the, the best player. Right. And, the right. reason why Eriksen has been so great is because, and I heard the stat. In, uh, in 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 Pochettino's career of, of of 120 games that Ericsson's been on, Ericsson's only missed five games. Yeah, he's I mean, that's amazing. He's he's been playing a lot, um, and I don't think any of the more injuries. I think it was just rotation and some yeah. Lower cup talk games. about durability. Yeah. All right. So some other questions. Um, how far do we think England is going to make it? Um, I I could definitely see England turning some heads. I, they've they've got talent. I mean, they they just won the under 20 World Cup. They won the under seventeen World Cup. These England ha- is, has a scary possible generation coming up for the international level. It, it, they can they can definitely turn heads. They have a lot of youngsters there right now. I mean, Delaney's only getting better. Harry Kane's only getting better. So yeah, look, okay. So in my opinion, England is going to be continue to be England. They're a really talented team, really athletic, really strong physically. But where they always fall short is is on the international stage or when they go play other teams from Europe, even the Champions League, because they don't have an advanced soccer tactical system that can compete with the other nations and the other leagues. And that's why I think they'll get out of the group this year only because Harry Kane is so great. But I wouldn't say it's going to go any farther than that. And that's why I'm not really confident about this this you know young generation that they have coming up because you know the English team has not been able to prepare new tactical systems to get to get the team to advance. I mean, yes, Chelsea was great when they when they won the Champions League a few years ago, but other than that, you know, I mean the, the English the English football overall, not just on the club level, the national level, has been behind for a long time. All right. So my next question, similar to the to the England question, is how far does 
Um, another very talented team that seems to underperform on the international stage. How far is Belgium going to go? I, I don't see Belgium doing very well at this World Cup. They, I, I think last World Cup was, was their kind of time their to shine. Their shot, yeah. The, and, and, that, and it was, all the talk was Eden Hazard, Eden Hazard. And, and now, like, Lukaku, I, it, I think it'll heavily rely on the way Lukaku performs. A little bit, bit how England's gonna be relying rely on, on how well on, Harry on Kane. Harry Kane. I, I I don't see Belgium being as complete. I, Courtois is not the same. I don't think he's the same keeper he was four years ago. He's I I think his abilities have dipped a little bit. I don't know what and his if, issue is over at. I mean, and if they're, and if they're going into the World Cup without Nangalan, who's had problems making the team, and without Moussa Dembele, who's been hurt for a lot for Spurs, they're gonna have trouble in that midfield too. I'm not really worried about Belgium, to be honest with you guys. If Kevin De Bruyne shows up and plays, I do great, agree with that. Then, he's been sensational, exactly. And he, to me, he's the he's the main guy. I mean, Lukaku's a piece. He's not a yeah. core. Well, I, he's but, a piece. But see, because my my point the there is that play. Lukaku needs to score the goals. I no, De, no, no, De Bruyne, I De Bruyne, yeah. like De, I I think De Bruyne will be Kevin De Bruyne. He's, yeah, he's I mean, world. He's. I think he's forget, a world class type player. Don't don't forget about Bashwai either. I mean, he's very yeah. good. I mean, they, they have they have pieces. What they need is a guy to make it all work, and that's why Hazard did, underperformed in the Euros and it undermined Belgium. That was their first big tournament. I think but if, now, but now De Bruyne is being more featured as we've seen in the front, in the in the qualifiers, and that's why I'm not as worried. I just if De Bruyne is right. They're at least getting out of the group, and I think they'll advance one at least one round. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. If De Bruyne is the, the focus for Belgium, then it'll allow Hazard to perform better um, without being you know having all the focus on him. So my next question is, um, do Argentina and Portugal have the talent around Messi and Ronaldo to compete beyond the group stage? I'm just going to go with, I, I don't think so. And I mean, Portugal won the Euros. Portugal did win the Euros, but I, I think that was more so they got hot at the right time. Uh, I I don't I I think Portugal has a better chance to compete. I I don't see Argentina being the same team that made the World Cup back in 2014. I, I don't think a player for Argentina has scored other than Lionel Messi in months. Wearing, the way wearing the way the the way the, the Argentine for the obviously team. The way the Argentinian team played in the 2014 World Cup was exactly like the Portugal team in 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 the 2016 Euros in the sense that they got hot and they went far. I mean, that team wasn't really that good because Argentina has a ridiculous amount of talent, but they don't know how to piece it together around Messi, whereas Portugal has a, a lot of talent and very good talent, and they, they have a, a strategy that works with Cristiano Ronaldo and without him, as we saw in the Euros. And for that reason alone, I think Portugal is going to go farther than Argentina. Again, they're a team that I think only will get out of the group stages like England, um, whereas Argentina I think will be lucky to get out of the group stages because, hey, guys, no matter how talented you are, Argentina is exactly that team that proves the point of talent doesn't matter. If you don't have the pieces that fit, you're not going to win. All right, so very quickly, my last uh, World Cup question. Um, I'm going to give you – Three teams, probably the three best teams in Europe, and I want to. I want you to tell me which one has the best chance to win it all: Germany, Spain, France. I like France. I'm going France to win this World Cup. I, I think they have all the ability from the 
from goalkeeping to the back line to the midfield to to the forwards I, they have they have everything there, and I think this is definitely a window for them to win this World Cup. Germany, tactically, they can win the World Cup. I, I just don't see the same type of uh, like firepower that France has. Mir- I have to I have to second Rich's point. I'm just going to add two things. One, the reason why Germany isn't Germany of before is they're only a system now. They're not built around legends. You know, Lam. Uh, and Schweinsteiger. Neuer is a legend, but again, for goalkeeping standards, he's he's kind of had a bit of a bad two-year stretch. So I'm and not I think really he's sure been he's been hurt injuries. as of recent. So yeah, the injuries have also gotten in the way. But for France, I'm just going to mention this this list of talent: Pogba, Kante, even Lacazette, if you want to mention them, um, Lamar, Dembele, Griezmann, Griezmann, Loris, uh, 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 Kingsley Coleman. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Martial. I mean, we're already at eight. That's how many wings they have. I mean, that's that's the ridiculous amount of talent that they have. And I, I know I'm forgetting a couple of names. And for that reason alone, this is the first tournament that I think France is going to have the heat on them, and they have to perform. The Euros, I absolved them a little bit because the talent was still a little young, but now it's really time. Oh, and obviously Mbappe as well. You know, I mean, yeah. this is the time for France to either win it or lose in the final. But, that I mean, they are the 1970s Dutch team in terms of loaded talent. We haven't had – there hasn't been a country that's had this much talent since the 70s um, um, Dutch team. And if you want to go farther back, obviously, the 50s Brazilian team. All right, so great discussion about the World Cup and the MLS today. I'd be remiss if I did not mention that uh, the North London Derby was this weekend. Spurs are going to smash had to Arsenal. Had to plug it. Smash Arsenal at the Emirates. Um, it's going to be a great match. Um, got some not in a lot of interesting Premier League matches this weekend. Leicester, uh, West Brom, and Newcastle have City, Chelsea, and uh, Manchester United. So not that much intrigue in the Premier League this weekend. But a great World Cup discussion, great MLS discussion. Uh, for Mir Gori and Rich Franco, I'm Christian Hoban. Thanks for tuning in to FUVFC.